1: As we were mentioning earlier, BC Premier David Eby announced his new cabinet of 23 ministers and four ministers of state at a ceremony today in Victoria. Mr. Dix, Adrian Dix, will stay on as health minister, while former Forest Minister Katrina Conroy is taking over the high-ranking finance portfolio from Selena Robinson. has been moved to Minister of Post-Secondary Education and Future Skills. Uh, Two new ministries are being created with the announcement, namely the Ministry of Housing, which will be led by uh, Ravi Canlo, and the Ministry of Emergency Management and Climate Readiness to be led by Bowen Ma. Uh, Nikki Sharma will also serve as BC's new Attorney General. Many uh, new faces, uh, some older faces as well, but an interesting in cabinet, and I thought we'd uh, check in with our good friend Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, to get his perspective perspective on on this new cabinet. Keith, welcome. Hey, Jazz. Uh, Your thoughts, first of all, the overall tone, the look of this cabinet. uh, What was uh, the key message that uh, Mr. Eby was trying to send?
0: Oh, uh, diversity on a number of fronts. So gender equity, there's actually, for the first time, more women than men in um, a BC cabinet, most women than ever before, 15. Uh, diversity: seven people of color, most ever. Uh, youthfulness: there's a lot of relatively younger cabinet ministers in this in this cabinet, so I think it's the most youthful cabinet as well. I think E. B. wanted to demonstrate this was going to be different. It was going to be even more. And it's interesting. He um, was informed by his office that he, when he looks at gender equity, for example, not all cabinet ministers are the same. Ministries are the same in his view. Some are, are a little more senior and higher in profile than others, and that's why you see. The four biggest portfolios in terms of profile, which is healthcare, public safety, the attorney general, and finance, have an even split of between men and women. So it's not just the cabinet that has gender equity; it's also some of the senior portfolios. And also a historic uh, note that for the first time ever, there are. Um, uh, NDP cabinet ministers from the Fraser Valley. You've got Andrew Mercier in Langley, Dan Coulter in Chilliwack, and Pam Alexis in Abbotsford Mission. NDP's never even elected MLAs there in general elections. They won a by-election once in Chilliwack. Uh, so that that reflects, again, the historic breakthrough in 2020 of elevating places like Langley, Chilliwack, and Abbotsford into an NDP cabinet, which has never happened before. And then Surrey, again, the fastest-growing municipality, now has four cabinet ministers. So it's um, a sign, again, that that's ge- – geography plays a role here as well. And that's what I'll be talking on the news hour tonight. It's not just the other elements that go into deter- determining the cabinet makeup. but geography often plays a, a role here as well. So all in all, you know, it's very interesting. I think um, it was a very – uh, interesting ceremony at Government House. The biggest cheer that anyone got was Nikki Sharma going in to become the first Asian, South Asian woman uh, to hold the Attorney General's uh, portfolio. That got a huge cheer.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about finances for a second. Katrina Conroy is a new finance minister. Selena Robinson has a $5.7 billion surplus. Usually that says, hey, you're doing a good job. She lost that portfolio. Why did Mr. E. B not want Selena Robinson as the finance minister?
0: Well, he was asked that and didn't really answer that, that much, but again, we've talked about this before. There had been some documented disagreements between Selena Robinson and David Eby from the time when they were cabinet ministers. Selena Robinson became finance minister, and uh, very subsequent to that, uh, David Eby was no longer on Treasury Board, which is the number one most important government committee. Um, she lost her housing uh, responsibility, went to David Eby, who ended up firing the Board of B.C. Housing that she had appointed on her watch. So, there had been some disagreements there, but she still gets a pretty big portfolio in advanced ed. Um, but she's out of finance. There's no question. I think, you know, it's um, it's a demotion, but it's not a huge demotion, but it is one. <laughs> and Katrina Conroy, veteran uh, MLA um, from uh, the Kootenays. Her husband, Ed, was the representative there before her. Uh, she's a veteran. Um, she did, by all accounts, a very good job in forestry. Uh, I think she probably wanted to stay there. But she inherits a pretty good budget, but she's probably a little worried about next year because the economic forecast that Selena Robinson was getting this week about what uh, holds in the future are not very good at all. The the economic growth rate in B.C. is going to shrink to a minuscule number, and that bode, does not bode well for government revenues in the subsequent years. So we're going to go from a huge surplus right now. wouldn't be surprised if Conroy has to deliver a significant deficit budget in, uh, in February.
1: Hmm. Uh, housing, we were just talking about that in the first uh, hour. Uh, interest rate hike, again, that impacts people's ability to pay their mortgages, especially if you have a variable rate, uh, variable rate mortgage. What can the provincial government actually do with housing? In this case, you have a housing minister, Ravi Kelo. uh Is this about extracting more dollars out of Ottawa? Is this about a carrot and stick approach with municipalities to help build more houses and supply? What can a Minister of Housing in the provincial government actually accomplish where where a, where a voter can say, oh, I see they've made a difference?
0: Well, there's a new act that uh, was passed just recently that gives the Minister of Housing widespread powers to deal with municipalities. Who do not build adequate supplies of housing. So there is a carrot and stick approach, but there's a lot of sticks in this bill. Uh, the government can give itself the power to eventually make zoning decisions if they want. If it wants, it can. It will have the power to overreach municipalities when it comes to uh, housing plans. So it's just the beginning of a brand new process that we haven't seen unfold yet. But it's going to be interesting to see Ravi Kalan, who's got, uh, is now running one of the four priorities of the David Eby government. Uh, how he performs, um, dealing with the municipalities. I think in many respects, some municipalities will welcome the same fine, you want to take over housing? You know, uh, if you put yourself as a city councillor, I should <laughs> sit through endless hearings with angry citizens yelling at them, whether they're nimbyism or whether it's the opposite, councillors find themselves in the middle of these pitch battles in communities, and now perhaps the government takes on that role, and some municipalities might be quite happy with that.
1: Uh, i got about 45 seconds left, let's talk a little about Bowen Ma's ministry, we already have an. Environment Ministry. What is the Ministry of Emergency Management and Climate Readiness? Is this about uh, sort of like working within government, or is this going to be a lot bigger?
0: Well, you're going to see Bowen Ma replace Mike Farnworth as the person who has to go to all the wildfires and you know the floods as the as the government representative. So it's it's more on this climate emergency side, where atmospheric rivers and wildfires—that's what she's going to be dealing with a lot more than uh, than just. Uh, a, a, Things that George Heyman dealt with in the past, so she's going to be very much associated with, I think, natural disasters and what to do to prevent them in the future. And uh, I think that'll elevate the profile of Owen Ma.
1: I've got another 30 seconds, and I'm going to just uh, the 5.7 billion dollar surplus. Do you expect the government to spend it all, or do you think they'll leave some of it aside to go straight to debt payment?
0: Well, it could be even more than that because there's almost 5 billion dollars in contingency funds that aren't spent. So There's a (laughs) lot of money that David E. B. Government's disposal. I think they're going to learn. They learned the lesson of Mike Dion and the Liberals in 20 where they chose to retire a $2.9 billion surplus against the debt and got no political payoff for it at all. I think you're going to see a lot of this money spent on things that are probably going to make a lot of people very happy. Keith, thank you. Take care.